I'm Jin. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A Tardis of One's Own. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Good evening. Hi. Good afternoon. Hi. Yeah. New location. You can't tell the listeners. Well, maybe they can. But who knows what the oh, acoustics is. Oh, it's a bit bright. Oh, yeah. echo, echo, echo. Not as bad as your kitchen, I'm sure. No, that was really, even when we blanket muffled the kitchen bench. That was fun, though. I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, it. it was. It felt like on tour. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're filming at our office in an undisclosed location. Yeah. There's only three team members left in the office. Hopefully none of them will ask questions. No, I think they don't give a fuck. I think no. they're a pretty low curiosity in a complimentary way. They just yeah. keep their business to their own. Yeah. And this isn't our former office recording place because we left that office. Yeah. So if you were trying to dox us, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> but so this is a bigger office meeting room. Yeah, much bigger than our former recording studio. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. See how it comes out. Anyway, how's your week been? How was my fortnight being? Um, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm in a mixed bag. But overall fine. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is low. Alive yeah. is, a good, is a fair bar. Yeah. I just like sometimes feel that I'm more surviving than thriving. But surviving is also okay. Yeah. This late in the year. What yeah. Fuck want? me. And it started to get hot and I got too hot and I felt like my brain cooks and I got hot under feet. Like. Oh my God. <laughs> You really just need it to be cool at all times. Hundred eh? percent. It's just so baffling to yeah. me. I well, don't... I'm thinking. I'm know. sitting here today thinking how cold I am in the office, and you're like, I'm like, oh, it's so hot. Everyone's complaining about the radiators being on. I literally crawl into the radiator at lunchtime, <laughs> being like, must get warm. Yeah, I can't relate. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm super busy. Just busy. <laughs> being being boss. Being boss bitch. Is hard. Yeah. Well. <gasps> Yeah, for what you coo for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not hard, it's just busy. And suddenly my days are full, which is quite nice, really, because the day goes so much quicker. But mm. we had a very productive day today. We smashed it as a team, I think. Yeah, and no, like, we did well. As I very, very humbly before saying, <laughs> under my tenure, we've done really well. Which is, like, facts. And it does come down to things like me observing Jen having a conversation with some team members on Monday where they were kind of taking the piss with getting a, a piece of work done. And then her messaging me afterwards being like, why do they think due dates are suggestions? Yeah, and I mean, just to <laughs> that point, something was due, like, at the end of the month. The end of the month came and went, and I asked them when it would be due. And they were like, oh, maybe next week. And I was like, no, Friday. And they were like, Monday. And I was like, no. Did I fucking start it? Friday. And guess what? They got it to me on Wednesday. Yeah, so were, uh, yeah. you put the hustle you come for the king, you better not Yeah, and you weren't even... Like, I could tell you were pretty ragey, but you did not... You didn't let that out. And they so they weren't even, like, in, scared of you actively. Maybe a little bit. But, like, you know, you didn't even have, like, DEFCON won them. You no, just, I just wasn't yeah, tolerating Tolerating it. of... Because we've had previous managers who are very conflict avoidant and would just be like, oh, okay, yeah, take another week. Because, like, yeah, it's not life or death, but as I was saying to you like you miss one deadline it pushes everything else back mm-hmm. so I really in the way that I manage the team's workload I need things to be done when we say they're going to do them so that everything mm-hmm. doesn't pile up so need to keep it fucking moving and yeah it sucks like I wish we had time to just dick around but we don't not yep. in November we just need to get on top of things and then we can dick around yes so, come on people it's going anyway, well got 
what, three things out the door today? Yeah. So it's very productive. Very productive. It's awesome. But I have not been doing my actual day job, which I will do tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, cool. Before I go away for a week and a half. Yeah, that's normal and fine. Actually, it is because you hustle and get shit done. Because you like the the focusing energy that a deadline gives. I do. I do enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the meandering, which no. more people would maybe benefit from. But as I also <laughs> said to them today, I can tell that none of you have worked at the private sector. Yes. Yes. You've had no one be like, sector. money is on the line here. Yeah. You are staying until it's done. You're missing. You're not missing a deadline because there will actively be financial repercussions for mm-hmm. the company if you mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So it's a learning for us all. Yeah, um, it is. And I'm enjoying being a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to give us an episode summary? Yeah, so we watched episode four and five of, this, of season four this week. The Centauran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. So in this two-parter, Unit's newest recruit, Martha Jones, enlists the Doctor's help to investigate kid genius Luke Rattigan and his Atmos system that is used in every car on Earth. This turns out to be a plot to colonize Earth, and as the planet chokes under a poison sky, the Doctor must stop the Sontaran threat. Sontaran? Sontaran. Sontaran. Yeah. Sontarana. So our first double header of season four. And it passes the Bechdel because you've got Donna and Martha. Although they do, are they do about talk men. about the Doctor a lot yeah. and other men, but... And they are literally the only female speaking. Mm. Well, there's that other kind of general woman in the army. Yeah, but, but she doesn't really. Very little. Yeah. I mean, it's a past just, but like, Borderline. the vibe is not good. Everybody out there's a lot, we'll unpack this later. A lot of mask energy. Yes, toxic mask and self. Specifically toxic. Energy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So. It was my turn to pick a discussion topic. Sure was. And I went with, there was options. I was like, oh, do we go with ego? Mm. Do we go with like reunions? Mm. Um, do we go with this idea of like oversight, like the big brother thing? Oh, Which yeah. is what I thought Atmos was doing to start with. I thought maybe it was like monitoring. Yeah. But it was, but like kind of not directly. But I ended up with groupthink. Groupthink. So specifically in this episode, there is like a pattern of hypnosis to some degree so the Sontarans make humans into their like worker drones Mm -hmm. through hypnosis get them to do what they want then Luke Rattigan the prodigy in his Professor X's academy stately home (laughs) has like a real culty vibe going on there Um, and that kind of group thing that comes from that kind of close living working situation but also group mentality in military units like unit in this mm. have a particular group mindset and also their foes the Sontarans are highly militarized and they have a very strong group mentality that's like inherent to their race and very martial and that gives like particular kind of vibe to their interactions with everybody and their sense of their self and also their sense of like collective decision making they're highly I would say institutionalized into that pattern of, of who they are but then wider in the maybe into like feminism and queerness space this like idea of societal collective thoughts mm. so a group think of like well this is acceptable right so to not accept gay people to only say that marriage is between a man and a cis man and a cis woman like this kind of group think where at one time it's like super acceptable but then as time changes things change yeah and it can be really fucking hard if you're going against the grain of that prevailing group think 
Yeah, do you think groupthink also applies to what we term to be the bubble? You know how we sometimes talk about... Our epo, epo or echo chamber. Yeah, because like Definitely. if you we're in a liberal groupthink environment, so we always like we talk about election results or whatever, and then we're shocked that other people could be thinking a different way, but that is just our groupthink. And this is definitely a, a thing, a criticism that right-wingers will level against liberals in particular. I'm thinking about feminism criticism where people are like, oh, you know, trad wife thinking or trad wife discourse where they're like, yeah, you know, women don't have the freedom to go against feminism now because it's such a group think, cult think. Like, you have to be a mm. feminist and you can't, like, want those traditional values or then you're ostracized by the movement. It's kind of subverted to be, like, the liberal ideal is the group think. Yeah, I think... Anytime there's a group of people who look like they're not making their own decisions and they're just being sheeple to co-opt the conspiracy theorists' yeah. horrible term, you open yourself up for some level of pushback around you're not thinking for yourself. Yeah. But I would argue that's not how society works. Yeah. Like, I don't need to be an expert on climate change, how my car works how to run public transport because I live in a society where we have specialization of labor, right? So everybody yeah, does their got, part. Yeah, we outsource, outsource that. that. Yeah, that's yeah. the point of, this is why I hate referendums because I'm like, I've literally <laughs> elected you to run the country. Do not now ask me, how do you want to run the country? That's your job. That's what I've elected you to do. And people make bad fucking decisions. Look at Brexit. Yeah, look at Brexit. Look at Australia's referendum yeah. recently. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's kind of an easy target yeah to push back on and also because like those that you know the righties that are challenging liberals on that they're just pushing around what has been said towards them 20 yeah. 30 years yeah. ago right yeah. with the rising liberal movement then of like oh you're just super traditional you're just going along with patriarchal things all of which is true but also i think it's a maybe a more important question to say why is our society built in a way that it makes you easier and safer to go along with the mass. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a safety consideration if you think about groupthink in the terms of riots. Like, I'm thinking, like, football riots mm. or even, like, the London riots, you know, these things mm. that are sort of this contagion of thought. But also the, the threat that poses to queer people and women as well, if you're putting that in the environment of tox mass groupthink, so yeah. that what it is to be a man, like, what masculinity means... And even this in this episode, like Luke Radigan's little cohort of minions, nobody stands up to question what is happening until the very end when things are actually going properly wrong. But yeah. there will have been signs, like what's that quote? There's a quote in there where it's like, "This is a bit Hitler youth." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and no, and people have gone along with that up to that point, right? So sometimes it does take a core turning moment that might not come as early as you think it would yeah. to realise actually I'm not again, I'm not with this. Yeah, and I feel like we see this all the time. I think we're seeing it right now with the global environment just in terms of what is happening overseas and this idea that, you know, people always say, how did these horrible atrocities happen? How did this mm. war happen? Why didn't no one say anything? And this is how it happens because we all just sit around going, oh yeah, we're witnessing this, but everyone feels like they don't have power so no one does anything because what can you really do? You're not a, you're not a global state actor. Yeah. Yeah, and you're at risk of making things just a little bit shitty for yourself as an individual. Yeah. If you push against that grain or, you know, yeah, it's hard. And it can be really, I mean, that's, it is and has been consistently really destructive. That's mm -hmm. not, I'm not in defense of this kind of mentality necessarily. Like, that when you get like this episode is a prime example in the military space where you just have people that, 
literally by the construction of the organization right you have to follow orders yeah there too in an operational situation where it's very critical to everyone's safety that you follow orders and don't question Mm -hmm. and awful shit happens yeah yeah because you have to like as you said you have to follow orders because there's this whole the chain of command and yeah other people's lives are at risk if you don't follow orders but then you also go saying i was just following orders is not really a legit Mm. excuse for war crimes yeah yeah the military, would we say that's the, a great groupthink example? Well, yeah. You have to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, you do, for sure. But you, you have to do. agree that the military is working for what you think is the greater good. I do and, think there's yeah. a level of brainwashing involved with that. Though. Yeah, fuck yeah. And I think the more into it, the more you become. And especially when, you know, kids are entering armed forces at like 17. Like, holy shit, you're not even an adult in terms of your brain functioning. Yeah. And you're literally being groomed. Yeah, by this organisation who defence force benefits yeah. you having a certain mindset, right? They're not encouraging individual thought. Mm. Isn't that funny that they're called defence forces, not attack forces? Because like, no, but we're here just for defence. Yeah, but you do the attacking too. Maybe it depends on the country. Yeah, Russia would have an attack force. The US should definitely don't have at an me, attack. Vladimir. Yeah. <laughs> the, the US should have an attack force. Yeah, well, they do. They just. Ours is a defense force because we're not attacking anyone. No, I mean, we're arguably also not defending anyone. It's barely a defense force, dude. As I keep saying, we don't have planes, we don't have helicopters, we don't have tanks. What is the point? Yeah. There's a few boats. Like three. Yeah, they're not, I don't think they're like, there's not an aircraft carrier or anything because we don't have any aircraft. No, there's nothing to carry. We've got like two Hercules planes that continually break down. Yeah. Do not invade New Zealand. (laughs) If you want us, you want to go to Australia. That's the one you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you have to, depending where you're coming from, you'll have to go past there. So stop in on the way. They'll they'll give you a, you know. I just think that's our best defense strategy is to like, you know how there was the tourism campaign, put New Zealand on the map. We need the yeah. opposite, like get New Zealand off, off the, map. the map. We do the Wakanda thing. We oh just yeah. Hide. We just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then be like, oh, was it? And we are not born Kiwis, but I know that for a lot of Kiwis outside of this part of the world, people are like, are they Australian and New Zealand? I can never tell. Yeah. So if anyone asks, we're from Australia? Yeah. We're sending everything that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can just hide here in the shadows. And Australia are like a kind of fighty big brother anyway. Like they will take shit on. Yeah. Whereas New Zealand are more just like, They're also yeah. like more buddy-buddy with the States, right? So yeah. the of US course. will help them out because they're afraid of China. Yeah. That's a whole separate... <laughs> Group think. Group think. Communism. Oh, the communism group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Let's put a red pin scare. in that. No, the Red Army. That's I mean, what I that say when I get my period. Could the Red Army's invading Jen. Could have been a topic military force for this episode. I mean, the Centaurans yeah, are fuck, yeah. very military-minded. They are extremely military-minded. I would say to the point of having absolutely no other purpose. Yeah. They basically exist as a military state. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's let's wrestle this bus back to the episode. Yeah. And let's talk about tox masculinity. Ooh. And like a tox mask mindset. Okay. The Sontarans. Yeah. They are not human. No. They yet still present strongly masculine in a human sense of masculine. They yeah. all seem to have man-type voices. Yeah, and they actively call out women, right? Like, yeah. words are the weapons of women folk. I judge you unfit. And then when sneaky clone Martha does them a solid, one of them says, good work for a female. Yeah. So very no. um, patriarchal, old-timey, wimey mindset. Yeah, gross. And then also, 
tech boy Luke Redigan giving tech bro strong incel energy <laughs> incel behavior for sure and like again this talks masculinity like he's trying to buy into it and I always feel like with these tech bros as I've said to you about the faux bros at work it's boys at school couldn't gel with the jocks and now they get some sort of power and they just tip the other way where they're trying to live those jock dreams but they will never be that because that's a different thing like I have spent a lot of time with genuine jocks and like most of them are actually really nice guys but when the tech bros get into that space for some reason they just become wild assholes because they think that's what they have to be in this like top yeah. mask space yeah great point and I think that it's that mentality of being an outsider and then being like well I'm gonna double down and take everything I want so I've got power now and I'm gonna yeah. do what I want and like and it's so cringe when Luke is on the... I mean, I know cringe is dead, but when he's <laughs> on the ship and he's, like, trying to be a Sontaran as well and he's, yeah. like, doing the movements, I'm like, they're never going to accept you. Like, why do you think they're going to, like, adopt you? And it's just so naive and so desperate and it's big Elon Musk energy. It's big Elon Musk energy. Fuck's sake. Yeah, so it, living in his little Musk academy and then... Yeah, and I made the note, is this actually the... X, like X-Men Academy from yeah. the movies it's Professor not I looked X. it up oh. different different location um, <laughs> and then I think at that point as well especially towards the end where he's like because he's been in cahoots with the Sorrentarans all along yeah. and he thinks he's like they're on his side etc etc he's very deluded and then he's like trying to get in with them and their ship and then it becomes apparent, becomes apparent that they give a single fuck yeah. and then you really like he's a boy he's meant to be 18 yeah. and it's like you're a child and he's been hothoused by whatever everyone to be like you're a prodigy since he yeah, was tiny yeah, yeah. so he only has this inflated sense of ego around his capabilities but nothing inherently about him yeah it's just like you are smart you build good tech things and it's like if there's nothing left and then at the end when the you know do something good with your life the only thing you can do is die like that's dude that is thing. fucked up he did like the best thing he could do the good thing was to do sacrifice himself i know yeah. and then the doctor comes back because Luke switcherooed with him, sacrificed his 18-year-old self and saved the doctor. Yeah. And then Martha's like, ha-ha, and all smiles and hugs him. And then Donna's like playfully angry and then hugs and like, ha-ha-ha. And no one for a second is like, an 18-year-old boy has died. He was trying to kill them all. I know fair. he was, but also second chances. Anyway, um, one thing that I do think is funny about Tech Bro is his casting with an American. Mmm. Yeah. Making a point. Telling, telling. Yeah. Yeah. He is very annoying. But also just, you can see this happening. You can see any of those Silicon Valley bros doing this. Like, this could have been Jack Dorsey. It could have been Mark Zuckerberg. I wouldn't even, like, it could be happening right now. Maybe Mira is just It's in San Francisco, in Silicon Valley, there are lots of tech bro boys just like this. Wearing hoodies, thinking they're... Trying to sell us out to the highest bidder. Yeah, to take over Earth so they can go like, to a new planet and have a wank to Elon's memoir. <laughs> like, what are we doing on Mars? It's just dust. Yeah, what are we doing? Don't. There's nothing there. <laughs> we need to think about the cost of Fredos instead. Yeah, 100%. This is referencing a recent reel we saw. But it yeah. makes a great point. Care about Earth inflation. Care about <laughs> important things like the cost of Fredos. You could fix lots of things with your dumb money, but no, you just hoard your wealth. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a group think involved in that, actually. Like, these tech bros, like, that whole thing we always joke about, that tweet where we saw that woman working in a co-working space, and she's like, I just walked past, and they just had money written on the wall. Yeah. It she's was like, there's five white men in suits crowded around a table looking at a whiteboard with money written on it in capital letters. 
<laughs> She's like, they are disruptors. <laughs> and I They're feel like doing business. I feel like this is the problem with like hustle culture. It's given all these white tech bros the like, illusion that there's a need for their genius and they can just sell anything and really they're just annoying. Mm, right? And then the success that I mean, especially those ones that are coming up quite young, right? They would have been really growing up and young with like this rise in success of startups. Mm. And like, if you grow up and you're told that you're fucking shit hot and you grow up with parents who are like successful and tell you you're brilliant, like it's yeah. really hard to be like, mm, should I have some humility? No. Yeah. You should all be like MySpace Tom, who sold up and then disappeared into the ether and takes photos and just has a nice life. Yeah, fuck me. We need to have a really successful idea that we sell very quickly for a moderate sum of money and then we just fully ghost. Fully ghost. Yeah. Well, I'll write money on the whiteboard here and then we'll we see if We wrote it once idea. and someone wiped it off. <laughs> see how it comes to us. Money. Just for, to clarify, we work in a space where money is not like the furthest <laughs> thing from anything to do with what we do. So... There's no way for us to make money through our work. Oh God, no. Not even like indirectly. Actually, that's not true. Well, I mean, we could do some serious crimes <laughs> then we could get some money but like but not legit money no fuck no that'd be, and that'd just be stressful I can't be on the lamb you think I'd do well in the wind I need indoor plumbing and streaming cocaine. you'd be such a bad criminal you'd just be sweating all the time I couldn't get you to lie I'd be like stop standing there looking, no, I think I looking could, suspicious I would just look fucking suspicious but also I would commit to it but I would just be sad man I need to relax I need to be comfy when can I be a criminal but like in my house in my pajamas you know when you were like, if I had my time again, I'd seriously consider doing a trade because meaningful work. We need to be like lawyers, bankers. No. Make a lot of money, tap out early. Lawyers make, it's too hard. It's too, yeah, that's a lot You of don't hours. have a life. Also, you know, you're, every 24 hour work shift you work is lowering your life expectancy. It really is actually, that's true. I come back to the original plan, which is bore, be born into generational wealth. Yeah. That was the mistake. We made a mistake straight out of the womb. Time machine, 1995, invest in Apple and Google. Yeah. Okay, Even cool. 1980, like go back further. I mean, yeah, but then then we'd come back to here, right? I don't want to stay there. No, no, no. We're just yeah. getting our parents to invest and then we come back here oh, and we have money. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Nice, nice, nice. Although Generational we probably wouldn't wealth. admit if we had money. No, that's true. Okay, let's ponder that. <laughs> Silently. For the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Let's all think about what we've done to end up in this situation. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, should we, should we crack into some random observations? I feel like we've got a lot because it's a double parter. Yeah. So firstly, yet again, a journalist being the catalyst of everything that's mm. kicking off. This is an ongoing theme in Doctor Who. Journalism. Yeah. It also doesn't earn money. Just if No, it doesn't. But like, yeah, that thing of like investigative for the greater good, like seeking out like bad people doing bad things and trying to shed light on it it's a little bit vigilante yeah also death by gps i feel like that we've i've heard about this before like people following their gps's into lakes yeah but that's not a gps that's just dumb drivers yeah but Jesus. they're listening to the gps yeah but like use your fucking situational awareness man that's on you I think oh, it's yeah. interesting that the journalist puts in the thing and she doesn't want to listen to it, but she does anyway. And then she gets to the, the lake and she's like, oh, I don't want to be here, but it's yeah. too late. Too late. Yeah. Um, we open with the journalist and then matching hoodies of mm. Muscacadamine and Ratigan. Immediately matching hoodies is giving me cult or prison. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like, cult. Yeah. yeah. Red ones. 
Very much so. Very much cult. Donna driving the TARDIS cracked me up because it's just like, <laughs> yeah, just hit it with a hammer. That's a great strategy for everything in life. If it doesn't work, just hit it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really weird that Martha as a doctor for the for unit, like, fine, yeah. but then she's giving orders. Like, she's yeah, still it's still, being like, move this unit. Move. Like, a doctor would never do that in a It's extremely situation. weird. And then she, like, got, because of her field experience, she, like, patched up a couple randos. <laughs> Like, she didn't do anything particularly, like, Medically no. It's very bad. Yeah. It's not great. They're like, do just do a modicum more research and you would get her sounding better. And also when she's like, oh yeah, my family, they're okay, they're recovering. Under fucking statement, dude. <laughs> they didn't get their memories wiped, unlike the brother who didn't know what was going on. <laughs> like, they had a year of suffering. Well, we'll just gloss over that. I do like the idea of CO2 reduction. That's quite a fun idea as, like, a concept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We don't currently have the tech that we need to invent to suck the CO2 out of the atmosphere, so mm. let's put it in our sci-fi. Because then sometimes the sci-fi becomes the sci. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot of op- bad opsec in this episode. The military guys, yeah. you know, they go in before they request backup. That's just bad. You request no. backup and then you wait and then you go in. Like, yeah. what are you doing? 100%. We've talked about this before. It's just, it just, I don't know, it just seems like easy shit to like just make it sound a little bit more professional like it is. It's like borderline offensive that everyone's yeah. like incompetent. And I feel like, okay, maybe that would slow down the action or whatever, but you could have reasonable explanations for it. Just don't have the guy call in for backup then if he's just going, if he's just going to be shit as his job, just yeah. let him be shit just, at his yeah. job. But yeah. yeah, that it's like an individual rather than just like poor organization. Yeah, anyway. Gross goo human? Gross oh, gross goo. Growing humans, question mark? Gross goo human. Oh, it was giving me Neo. Neo in a green yeah, goo tank. Yeah, that yeah, that is umbilical, blah. but it's not cables. It's like an umbilical. Yeah. yeah, it was gross. When Donna meets Martha in her like weird army era and says, "Is that what you did to her? Turned her into a soldier?" Yeah. He definitely made her more. I don't know. Clinical. Yeah, and I think militant. She is militant, but then she also had that year where she had to wa- roam the earth, mm-hmm. fending for herself. So she is probably a bit more combative than the other yeah, companions. Yeah. It's hardened her because she sure. had to. Yeah, you yeah, know, and like survive. for him to be this like hole with the gun thing and being like, "Don't salute me." It's actually just petulant. Like, just yeah. fucking get over it. And then you know, she says to him, "You can just come and go, but some of us have to stay behind. Maybe I have a, sta- a chance of making them better." Like changing them mm-hmm. from the inside. Yeah, it's a great point. I hated that bit where Donna says to him, I've got to go, and he has this whole flashback about all their emotive moments together, like she's yeah, actually going to leave. And I'm like, I know. That, and she lets it go on, and I'm just like, it's too soon for weird. this to be so emotive. Yeah, they've known each other for like four apps. Like, yeah, that I'm glad you mentioned that because that was fucking weird. And I'm like, why? This feels like padding. We don't need this padding. Like, don't show me flashbacks of them being together. Like, I don't want to... And maybe it's because we're watching it so quickly. I yeah. don't know. But it just felt, like, too but soon for me to this feel... This is her only main season. Yeah. Trying to make me emotional about it. Yeah, no. Annoying. It felt... It, like, it 100% hit the wrong note. Agreed. But Wilf is a sweet man. Wilf is a sweet man. Granddad. Yeah. Also, can we talk about poor Martha being traumatized yet again? She's being like, here's the doctor, and here you go, being kidnapped and cloned. Like, just, yeah, she that, always has a bad time. Yeah, she does. Like that man is toxic to you. But also, she apparently has NATO access. Access to the NATO, that one thing. Oh, we've got clearance to NATO. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, just for the weekends. Yep. Cure. Sontaran ship. Extremely bisexual lighting. <laughs> it is purple and pink. It is so bi. I loved it. Yeah. And yet they are so masked. They are so masked. Although, but you never know. 
Maybe they're maybe, very Spartan. Maybe they are very Spartan, and any holds a goal, especially when you're out on a mission. Well, who knows how they reproduce? Anyway. Oh, that's true, actually. They maybe just, many holds are goals. I'm just assuming they breed like potatoes in the ground because they're quite potato shaped. They do, or maybe they have hatchlings. Oh, hatchlings. Okay, yeah. Maybe they're like seahorses, and the males carry them. Yeah, incubate, incubate. Maybe they yeah. don't have women. Maybe they're. A it's very, it's a very binary. Earthworm. Yeah. Maybe. But then they were like, female. Yeah, but they recognize the bit, females. Oh, they just species. see females and other species and like, they're weak. We are the man species. Or we're just like asexual. Oh. Ambisexual. Yeah, like worms. Yeah. Omnisexual. I wrote down fucking tech bros and then the quote, it was never big enough for me. Like, what an absolute dick. Anyway. Yeah. Donna, Guantanamo Bay reference. Yeah. That's not aged well. I mean, it wasn't good at the time. Yeah. The doctor making the intruder window joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> what an Ooh. idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, but I love shit like that. You know, like I told you my French joke this morning. Yeah. <laughs> it is very, you know, when he says to, I think to Rattigan as well, this is war. How does it feel? And he's like, magnificent. It's so fucked, man. The whole thing is fucked. Is this supposed to be yeah. pro-climate action, though? Because, like, is this an I episode that's know. supposed to encourage us to take steps to prevent climate catastrophe? I mean, this is from 2008. Spoiler, we didn't do anything. <laughs> Spoiler, it's worse. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think so. Maybe they're trying to be a little bit political and, like, rile people up through. And I feel we had that yeah. same thing where at the end, you know, everyone was, like, no one was driving. People were hoping for change, walking, biking, whatever. It felt, like, very much post-COVID when everyone's like, I'm never going to go back to living my life like I did pre-COVID. Yeah, fundamentally I talked to my neighbours all the and time. now it is 2023 and we've all gone back If anything, worse. Worse. Because now I'm like, oh, no, other people can give me bugs. <laughs> Not the others. Yeah. yeah. So, one of the army dudes, I think Private Harris, is a young Rollo from Vikings. He's, turned up, he's played by Clive Standen, British actor. He's turned up in a bunch of stuff. He is a hottie. Is he the one who dies? No, he's the one who's like the main one who's in charge. Oh, yeah, and right. And he's like a little bit like, oh, do 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 do. Yeah, right. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'd recognise him if you saw him, I reckon. He's been in other stuff. I do feel for the one who dies, like young Ross. Yeah, Ross. It's just kids playing soldiers, though. This is the, oh, my beef. It's Ross from something as well, actually. Wait a second, I'll Google it. This is just my beef with, like, the armed forces, right? Like, you just indoctrinate these young children who end up dying. And it's like, he was 17. Like, you know, he was young. And then you watch these kids go in and die for nothing. And it's really annoying. I get particularly frustrated here, as I've said before, when we have, like, Anzac Day and all these things about like lest we forget and yet we continue to participate in wars. Yeah. It's like either you mean it or you don't. Like either you care that people are dying needlessly or you don't. Like, we continue to forget. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That line that was like the bravery of idiots is bravery nonetheless. Okay. Also Donna's crying again. Yeah. And she's got incredibly low self-esteem. Donna. She really does and fuck's sake her horrible mum. Yeah. She's a her horrible, horrible mum is person. back again. Yeah. I thought the uh, whole of igniting of the atmosphere thing to solve the problem was very Oppenheimer. Like he it had... was very Oppenheimer. <laughs> you know that moment where he's like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a 1% chance that the atmosphere will just burn forever. Yeah. Cool. Well, give it a crack. Yep. And again, I don't know, Doctor Who does this. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes, especially with the doubles, we get a lot of build up and then we get, oh, everything's sorted. Mm. Well, they're only 40 minutes. 
20 yeah minutes. so like 45 sometimes with credits so it's like an hour and a half tops to resolve this stuff which is like a tight feature length yeah but like not quite so yeah but if you actually stop and look at it like I think about this when I read books because I read a lot of books for various book clubs podcasts what have you and I, it often strikes me how quickly things resolve. Like, it feels like you spend ages in the second act, and then the third act is, like, two chapters. And I'm like, fuck me, that was over so, so quickly. Yeah. Which you don't notice when you read a book and, like, quickly in a single sitting. But when I'm spending weeks mm. on a, like, you know, spend a week on a chapter, yeah. it really strikes you how quickly it wraps up. And I think it's the same with this. Like, that resolution comes real quickly. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. I've been reading books recently, and for the first time recently, lol, I have read some specific books recently, for the first time really noticed that that third act has been quick. Yeah. So I think, and they're like recent releases, so I think it's becoming more of a thing too, to like really put the effort into the, yeah, I don't know, or I'm just noticing it more, lol. I read a lot of YA, which I know you don't read, but I feel like YA in particular, especially with fantasy YA, there's a lot of setup. And then very little resolution, especially like because I have a Harry Potter reading group as well. And like with the Harry Potter books, like literally you're spending ages dealing with this thing. Like it's a whole school year. And then you have one night of resolution at the end. It's usually like two, three chapters. That's yeah. it. I almost turned off the lights. We will continue with the rest of the podcast in, in the dark. Nighttime mode. Mood lighting. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think there's just this real push maybe as people who grew up reading YA and or maybe it's just more sci-fi or action or fantasy that they just wrap up they don't deal so much with the repercussions which is very Doctor Who like we're just going to fix the problem but we're not going to give any consideration to yeah. what happens next like yeah. something terrible has happened to Earth here yet again and he's yeah. just going to be like peace out and then that's what he does and then Martha gets kidnapped by the TARDIS yeah I know and then it's almost like he comes in as this and it's that kind of saviour thing again Mm. Like he comes in doing the savior thing and then is like, oh, I need to come in and help you because you guys have got it wrong. And like, you're doing it wrong. Like in this case, he's like, don't do that to the Centaurans. Like they're really warlike. You don't want to like roll them up because like you will get destroyed. Mm. And he thinks that everyone's kind of like dumb, but it's like, no one has the experience that you have, mate. So he comes in like that with that kind of attitude. And then it's like, fine, I'll help you. And then is like, but my helping literally extends to make letting the minimum people die. Yeah. And then he's like on his way because he doesn't do feelings. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit fucked up. Although the, the military guy did just send those people in to shoot at the Sontarans and die, even though he told that them was not stupid. to do them. Yeah, that was stupid. That's a good point. But, but again, we've talked about this before, but we get this point where Donna, you know, she's up on the... Tardis gets stolen. Mm. Donna's trapped up on it. She's t- talking to Wilf, the granddad, and he's like, no, but he said he'd look after you. And she's like, he'll still come and get me and he'll said he'll save me and it's just this like waiting to be saved yeah and like she did well she was terrified and she fucking made herself do the stuff he was telling to do and it turns out he sent her up there deliberately without her consent to do that stuff yeah and she's still just being like waiting to be saved i am powerless i'm terrified i don't think he appreciates his companions enough no they do a lot of heavy lifting for him yep they fucking do emotionally yeah and just logistically yeah he takes them for granted. He does. I think so. But also comedy moments when they put the gas masks on and he's like, are, are you, you my mummy? And our lovely, <laughs> lovely throwback. Yeah. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> yeah. that, that's a deep cut. Who reference? And he's just like, I don't know. The umbilical was gooey. The umbilicals were really gooey. Yeah. I don't think we needed that. Don't like it. Unplug the neck umbilical. Gooey. 
I love that he immediately knows that Martha's a clone, though. Like, yeah, when she was like, he was like, "Have you spoken to your family?" And she was like, "Oh no, oh no, but I'm going to." And he was like, "Da da da," with his <laughs> eyes. Like, also, you smell. Yeah, <laughs> you smell like a clone, and a clone cologne. It's late in the day. <laughs> okay, welcome to Soph's science corner. Yeah, so. We understand what other how aliens speaking, right? Because the TARDIS does the psychic field, so translate. But the Suntarans are up on their ship with the TARDIS up there, five thousand miles orbiting the Earth, and we're back down on the ground with the Suntarans. We can still understand them. I think the Suntarans speak English. Wow. <laughs> Don't okay. you think like that makes sense for if you're a warlike species and you go around colonizing like planet yeah that you would have a chip that means you speak the language of the place you're colonizing i mean that would actually be very sensible and i think if you think of like advanced tech and you just like download a program like me yeah, again like in, in the, the matrix, matrix yeah download martial arts maybe we should watch the martial arts all of them should yeah. we watch the matrix when we're done with our john wicker talk oh my god yeah but we have to watch what how many is there now four? Oh, and then it's like he just keeps with the keanu yeah team keanu oh i was so obsessed with trinity didn't realize I was gay. <laughs> I'm like, why am I so obsessed? I just want to be her. Oh, yeah, she's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Hilarious, though, that they are susceptible at their neck port. Yeah. So Donna has to just bonk them on the back of the neck. You could just get lots of tennis balls. Yeah, and just be like, bing, 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 bing. She took it. It's weird that there was like a hard. Her options of weapon were like what looks like a mallet, a rubber headed mallet, and like a steel headed hammer. And she went with the mallet. But maybe mm. broader surface, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, and also like I've got weak arms and wrists. <laughs> maybe she felt like she could wield that one better. Again, I say baseball bat. That would have solved. Yeah, that. Like, it really would. Yeah, just have a baseball bat to hand at all times, mm. just in case of emergency. That works. And team. Wolf. I should have one. Yeah, just I worry about intruders. Intrude the window. Yeah, the intruders come intrude the window. <laughs> <laughs> baseball bat under the bed. Or cricket bat, I suppose, in the Antipodes. Yeah. Oh. No, but I feel like that's like doesn't really lend itself to smashing. Yeah, because it's like wide. It's yeah. like a like a little spanky paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? It's fine. We swear. It's alright. I'm sorry, Americans. You prudes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh fuck! I read an article that was about the Gen Z market not wanting sex in so, yeah, yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, TV. I like, told you about me. that. I know, but like, it's not like. I believed you, but everyone else is talking about it now too. Like, weird, man. Yeah, was it like 50% of Gen Z say they want less sex on TV? And I'm like, I feel like there is very little sex already. There already is. What are they watching? They're not watching hardcore stuff anyway. Except maybe like sex education. I can't... Yeah, but that's like a show about sex, but also it's not even that graphic. No, and I feel like it's actually... like Because I just recently watched season four and I feel like there was a lot less sex in season four than in the previous season. And they're trying to be actively a lot more inclusive as well. No, in the article I read, it did cite that they don't want that kind of euphoria stuff. Mm. They say that, but euphoria is extremely popular amongst Zeds. This makes so me think of Skins, because that was the euphoria oh, of my time. Oh, it was. Skins. Oh, my God. Yeah, But it wasn't yeah. nearly as glamorous as Fuck euphoria. no. It's like fucking college students from Bristol, mate. Like, it's the least classy thing ever. <laughs> what have we learned, Sydney? Your friends are shitheads. <laughs> Oh. Okay, let's take us to some standouts. Friendo? Okay, standout moment is uh, our mate, the original uh, military dude who goes in with his bad opsic and he goes, aye aye, what's all this thing? 
definite standout. Yeah, 100%. That is a common phrase in circulation <laughs> amongst us. Uh, the Are You My Mummy was a great lol. Yeah, it was hilarious. And I kind of love that there's no companion jealousy. Like, Donna is not jealous of Martha. Martha is not jealous of Donna. They're just, like, vibing on a friend level. They're just chill, and I love that. They deal with it in a very adult way. Yeah, it's great. And also... When the guy, whoever it was said that the Sontarans look like a baked potato <laughs> and the doctor went, don't be rude, you look like a pink weasel to them. And then I thought to myself, is Christopher Luxon, our new prime minister, a Sontaran? He is. But he he's looks a like pink, a potato. But he's very pink. So he's like, if a thumb and a baked potato had a baby, they'd make Luxon, who also looks like a pink baked bean. Yeah, but I just felt like he gives big Sontaran, he gives big Sontaran energy. Yeah. It's the rounded head thing. It's like a very wide head to neck ratio. You should get him one of those suits I for Halloween. I feel like he's relatively short. Have you been with him IRL? I have actually. He's it's definitely shorter short. than me. Yes. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. All right. And you're tall, but you're not that tall. Yeah, I've had an unfortunate van ride with him when he was oh, still CEO from New Zealand. Oh God. He kept trying to talk to me and I'm like, no, I gross. do not Don't care. fucking perceive me. Horrible yeah. man. Cool. Okay. Well, my standouts mm. generally it had really cool, just like old school sci-fi vibes, yeah. like with the tech things and like the transporter machine, and then going up to like a very overtly aliany ship. Yeah. And, like the lighting was different. It was giving me Star Trek. It was very Star Trek. It was yeah. It was just a romp. I think it's definitely not standing out to me as a favorite apps, but also not bad. Like yeah, I was wasn't watchable. like, oh my god, this is shit. Yeah. It was yeah, slightly above mid. Yeah. Serviceable. And it felt kind of like serviceable, playable. Um, felt yeah, just like retro, which I quite liked. It also made me laugh when Donna finally summons up the courage to whack the Sontaran in the back of <laughs> on, on the back of his neck port, and then says "back of the neck," which is a very English <laughs> reference to everyone shouting "back of the net," which back is like of the net. yeah, you know, celebrating a goal in football. Lol. Soccer to our international audience. <laughs> yeah, so back of the neck made me laugh a lot. I think maybe. That's it. Yeah. We good? Yeah, we're good. So next time, we'll be watching episode six of season four, The Doctor's Daughter. So, mm. sidebar, is this where David Tennant meets his future wife? He's yes. playing Correct. his daughter. Correct, Okay, yes. okay. How old is she comparative to him? I don't know. More than 10 years younger, I would say. We'll, we'll research that next time. Let us know your thoughts by emailing a TARDIS of one's own at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. Check out the show notes for links. And for all of the references discussed in this app um, which says no footnote it appeared to me in a dream it appeared to me in a dream we love that (laughs) alright well see you next time bye Bye. I'm waving bye